Amen. Good morning, everybody. How are you doing? Well, amen. That was one or two of you that were blessed there, but okay. Uh, maybe, maybe everybody's blessed, but not everybody said so. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. You can be blessed and not say so. <laughs> That's, but you, you, you should say so because it brings honor to God. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. So, uh, uh, David and Teresa, that is 35 years, right? 35 years. He's all embarrassed and stuff, but hey, I want to give honor where honor is due. Embarrassed or not. (laughs) Yes. Well, we are going to continue a little bit with our sermonettes. That is to say, we're trying to do two or three sermons in one setting um, so that we can talk uh, about more things in one setting instead of just one thing, uh, whatever it may be, forgiveness. So we talk about forgiveness once every six months. But if we do the sermonettes, we can bring that in more often and remind you more often of things to do. And that stands to reason. I like that idea. I like that. I like that. So, first of all, um, I just want to congratulate Edna with, with, the, with the youth and the youth band, yes. <clears throat> because they do so well. And I noticed that they're even trying to raise their hands a little bit. So, yes. Yeah, it reminds me, I, I had lunch one time with a, a gentleman, a, a preacher, teacher, um, uh, Juan Carlos Ortiz from Argentina. He would come here to Faith Temple and preach. Faith Temple is not there anymore, but the building is still there, but a uh, different name. And uh, he would, and I loved his teaching. He was a great influence in my early Christian life uh, concerning my walk with Jesus and influenced me in, in great ways. And so I asked if he would go to lunch with me when he was here one time, and, and he did. And so we went to lunch, and I was explaining to him in my church. I was going to, to another church at the time, and I was explaining to him that, you know, in my church, we, we, don't, we don't raise our hands. So I don't want to go like this because I draw attention to myself and it might upset some people. So, so I, I go like this. And he says, what a renewal, huh? You went from here to here. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> but here, in this church, you are free to raise your hands and you are free not to. Nobody will judge you, Yes. So if you just want to hang your hands over here, praise the Lord. If you want to raise your hands, praise the Lord. If you want to go halfway in between, praise the Lord. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So let me talk first of all, just a few minutes. Uh, We won't won't be long on this. But um, I I, I want you to know what we're going to talk about this morning. Uh, um, What what I call breaking the tie. We're going to talk about a phenomenon called kintsugi. We're going to talk about whether... We're talking about a, a physical house or a spiritual house. And we're going to talk about in First Peter, second chapter, verse 11, that says about that your, your fleshly lusts war against your flesh. Well, against your soul. Well, I guess maybe I don't have to say that anymore because that speaks for itself. But we, we will for a little bit. So, uh, breaking the tie refers to like, for example, let us say, that a husband and a wife, they are tied up about a decision. Does that happen sometimes? Plenty of times, right? And then somebody says, well, the husband is the leader, so he can get, make the decision. Okay, fine. Uh, uh, but but I, I just want people to know that if you are a leader, whether you are a leader b- between husband and wife, whether you are a leader in a church, when you are a leader in a class, when you are a leader anywhere, when you are a leader because you're a father to your children, or a mother to your children, then this thing applies. That that when you make a decision, when there is no agreement here per se, and you break the tie, that it is important that you break the tie with only having in mind the well-being of the group. Right? You don't have in mind your well-being. You have in mind the well-being of the group. So you make that decision on that basis. If you make the decision on the basis of what you want, oh, shall I be a little more practical? Okay. 
you want to buy a TV. Yes, the husband wants to buy a small one or a big one. <laughs> okay, see? Yeah, very predictable. <laughs> the husband wants the big one. But the wife says she doesn't want to spend as much money. She wants a little bit smaller one. But he argues, uh, I want to watch the, the movies that you want to watch and see them a little bit better. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> no, he wants to watch football <laughs> and basketball and the thing. <laughs> huh? My eyes are getting old, <laughs> you know. So, um, so if, if he then decides, okay, honey, you know, we're sort of in a snag over here, but let, let's, let's go ahead and go ahead and, 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 and buy the big one. He must make the decision on the basis of what is best for the family. So if that is too much money to spend for the family, he can't do it. You will lose respect in a hurry if you do that. Whether it's with your wife, whether it's with, as a pastor, whether it's as a parent, whether, whoever, a leader, you lose respect. You have to have in mind the well-being of the group. Okay. Now we're going to talk about a kintsugi. What is kintsugi? Kintsugi is the Japanese art of repairing broken pottery with gold. It sort of looks like this. Broken pottery, and you see the repair with gold. This is not real gold. <laughs> It'd be too expensive. I would hold it like this otherwise. But, <laughs> uh, so, but, but, but this gives the illustration. The repair of broken pottery with gold. Now, <clears throat> there is quite a message in this. Uh, and the reason, one of the reasons anyways, why I want to share on that is recently, uh, Sivan and I were going to a wedding that I had to do in Grapevine, Texas, close to Dallas there. And uh, on the way, we stopped purposed, we stopped uh, to minister to some folks that we needed to minister to, friends. And one was a couple that had some, some trouble, some deep trouble because now they were separated. Husband was sleeping in one place. Wife was sleeping at a house. Um, the D word had been offered. And um, I, I knew the wife from a little girl. I used to teach her tennis. I've told you the story already, but I just freshen you up a little bit. Um, and she, 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 her testimony that she was praying, and that God told her, "Call Kenny." I've known her since a little girl. Taught her tennis through high school, and so she called me. And so, what's going on? Such and such and such and such. And and of course, I'm eager to minister to her because I'm eager to minister to any any couple that has trouble. It doesn't matter where they are, where they're coming from, what they have done, whatever the, the situation might be. Uh, because <clears throat> uh, so much of life depends on the well-being of couples. That's not the only reason and not even the main reason, but a lot of it. For example, in the church, <clears throat> see, I see Philippe and Bernice. He has her arm over, around her, right? I, I, I see uh, uh, over there, Oscar has his arm around uh, uh, Adriana, hey, that, that's good. Hopefully your hands are warmer than my hands. Uh, you know, my hands are cold always, it seems like. Uh, not always, but when I'm preaching, it seems like. Uh, so that is, that is a good sign. That, that, that means that when people are worshiping God, they come in the, in, 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 the, in the sanctuary already in a good mood because things are going well, Right? They're sitting together, maybe their heads meet a little bit, or the arm around, or whatever. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, like, yeah, you know, in each other's lap, or whatever. <clears throat> then, then, it is my experience that the worship is that much more vibrant and uh, triumphant, because there is triumph and victory in their lives. So, that's the reason when they stand up, they, they're worshiping God more victoriously, more joyfully than otherwise. If things are bad between husband and wife, that's a bummer. Because now they're sitting sort of like, you know, where is, uh, here is uh, Sherry. They're, they're sort of sitting like, like this. <clears throat> Halfway with their back to each other, certainly not too close together or, or, or whatever. And <clears throat> so the whole idea, it, it permeates the place with the idea of defeat. 
when God has victory in mind for us. So it is very important. So um, we stopped, and we were going to meet couples in a place called Marble Falls. Um, and uh, the, the last-minute decision was, no, only the guys will meet. And as it turned out, that was the best thing because he was going to tell me some things that he didn't want anybody else to hear <clears throat> and told me, you are one of four people that know this, that I, I, I'm just telling you. And so, no problem. I've been around the mountain a few times. So, uh, and, and we were talking, and uh, he, he, he felt, let me just make it simple and just say he felt very broken uh, because of some memories from childhood and so on and so forth. And, um, and, 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 and doubted even in some ways that God could even use them anymore. So this is where he was coming from. This is where, where he was. He's a, a devoted Christian, has been walking with the Lord for, for years. His wife is a devoted Christian. But these things, just they just swelled up in his mind and overtook his mind. And so therefore, he was defeated and felt defeated and, 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 and just couldn't do it. So I told him the Kintsugi story, and that's the one I want to tell you about now. When I told him the Kintsugi story, he was sitting next to me, right? Usually when you have two, two men have dinner together, they sit opposite. But I know that we wanted to talk more intimate stuff, uh, that we didn't want to talk too loud, so we sat next to each other, right, on one side and on the other side. So, but I, I looking at him and telling him the Kintsugi story, I saw physically, boom, when he got it. There wasn't a flash in the, in the, in the building or anything like that, but I saw it in his eyes that, that he got it. And from that point on, everything changed. It is not the kintsugi. It's the story about Jesus behind the kintsugi that I was telling him. Okay? So there's nothing spiritual about this thing except the story that I'm telling you. So, kintsugi, the Japanese art of um, repairing broken pottery with gold. Now, in the church, if you have any experience in the church and with the church, you know that in some places, the pottery, that's you, right? The pottery is us, right? This is, this is us. Uh, in some places, they throw away broken pottery. In some churches, broken people are discarded. They are shunned. They are looked out of the building. And is that true? Any experience like that? Just two or three of you? Not any more of you? Well, you don't have much church experience. This is, this is happening all over the place. All of a sudden, you're not accepted in a group because you were broken. Well, if you're living and your reputation depends on repairing broken pottery, you're not throwing away broken pottery. You're looking for broken pottery. So Jesus, if you're broken, and most of us, if not all of us, are broken... If you're not broken, Jesus says, you don't need him. He, he came to, 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 to heal the, the sick. And, 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 and to, for, I call sinners to repentance. He didn't come for the ones that were well, that were healthy. You're already healthy. So. But, but most of us are broken, if not all of us. And so most of us need this message that God is looking for us to repair us. But he doesn't just repair us any old way. Whereas this was just an ordinary piece of pottery. When Jesus puts the gold in there, all of a sudden, it is exponentially more beautiful, exponentially more valuable, and exponentially stronger. This is my dear brothers and sisters. This is what God wants to do with us, broken people. That he wants the broken places repaired with gold. 
The other thing that happens in the church, unfortunately, is that for the most part in the church, we are trying to hide our brokenness. We don't want anybody not to know where our brokenness is. Yes? As a result, as of a result of us wanting to hide our brokenness, there is no real fellowship. The healing is delayed. But you see, when the potter comes and he heals the broken places with gold, there is no hiding them. Matter of fact, they are now on display. But a wonderful thing is, it is not so much that now my brokenness is on display. What really is on display is the craftsmanship of the master potter who repaired it with gold. He is the one who is shining through right now. And because he makes it so beautiful, the broken places, that attracts more broken pottery to him. All the broken pottery wants to come to him when they see how beautiful this one was made. So that they too can be repaired. They too can experience the gold in the broken places. And be beautiful and more valuable. Whereas before they thought that God couldn't even use them anymore. Because I told you about the, 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 the wedding I was, was supposed to do in Grapevine. Well, this was a, 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 a young man, I say. He's, he's now in, in his 30s or so, maybe early 40s or something like that. Uh, a young man that grew up in the church that I used to be at. So he was a, a young man at that time, uh, a teen. And he was married, and he, he made some mistakes. And the wonderful woman that he was marrying now also made mistakes. And the young man thought that God would never be able to use him again. But God did. <clears throat> and he's in the ministry once again. Because God has repaired him like a kintsugi. And it is absolutely beautiful to witness. It is absolutely beautiful to behold what God has done for one who thought that God could never use him again. <laughs> it's funny. How, how, how sometimes when God does something for someone who was broken, that they might even become the object of maybe some jealousy. <laughs> Have you ever experienced that? I have experienced it. People say, why is God blessing you like that? I've been a Christian much longer than you. This was years ago when I was a young Christian. The people were wondering, you were not a Christian until you were 25 years old. I've been a Christian since I was five years old. Why is God blessing you like that? <laughs> oh, but I was broken. I have a lot of gold to show. <laughs> and the truth of the matter is, the deeper the scar, the more gold is needed to cover the deal. I was full of gold. <laughs> I wouldn't go as far as to say that I'm, I'm beautiful. <laughs> but the pottery show is beautiful. <laughs> so you see, Jesus tells us in John 10.10 10, <clears throat> that the thief came to steal kill, and destroy. That is what the thief does. You know who the thief is? He's Satan. 
That's what he wants for you. He wants to steal from you. He wants to kill you. And he wants to destroy all that is good in your life. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your faith. He wants to steal your trust. He wants to steal and plunder you. And he wants to kill. Well, he can't kill you for eternity's sake if you belong to Jesus Christ. But he doesn't want you to be effective for the kingdom of God while you're here on earth. So he's going to do whatever he can to kill something in you. Like maybe your reputation. Or like maybe your, your witness. Or like maybe your relationships. Well, that's a lot of killing already. And then, says he wants to destroy. Steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to break things in your life. Hence, the broken pottery. That Jesus wants to come along and he says, I am come. The thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. That you might have abundant life. He wants to repair you such that out of use flows rivers of living water. So that when somebody else comes with a vessel, that you can fill up in a hurry. Not a week. Rivers. It's filled. It is filled so full that you get out to fill some others, some other vessel. That is empty. That needs some living water flowing through it. It It's no longer that little pond of stagnant, dirty, filthy water. It is now a river that flows with fresh, cold, healthy, living water. Because you see, my brothers and sisters, that every piece of broken pottery that yields to the master potter becomes a masterpiece. We look at Ephesians 2.10 and see what it says over there. Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship. In the original language, the word workmanship uh, means literally Masterpiece. We are his masterpiece. It stands to reason that when a piece of broken pottery yields to the master, the master makes a masterpiece. (laughs) So, we have become a masterpiece created in Christ Jesus. So, there is no one else that can take credit for the repair of this broken vessel. But the master potter, the master craftsman, who is Jesus Christ, in Christ, for good works, he has, he has now, when we thought that he couldn't use us any longer, he has, before the foundation of the earth, has already ordained us that we should be doing good works. What are good works? Are doing the things that God has for the other person in the power of the Holy Spirit to the glory of God. Good works, which prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So there's no more sitting down. Like I told you last week, you know, I like to light a little fire, of, a little piece of dynamite, throw it in your lap so that we don't continue just to talk. But we start, you know, uh, uh, walking in those good works. Walking in the surface of the Lord Jesus Christ. A masterpiece. A masterpiece. So my dear brothers and sisters, if you are a broken vessel, God is looking for you to make you more beautiful than you ever dreamed you could be. So, my dear brothers and sisters, I'm doing good. Look at me. 
but it's thanks to him. I had nothing to do with it. My only job was to yield and rest in him. He did the work. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. A masterpiece. So now let us talk a, a little bit about um, the other subject that I have for you. The, the name of that portion of, of the title of that portion is physical house or spiritual. Physical house or spiritual. <clears throat> For the most part, as Christians, we operate out of the New Testament, as we should. The Old Testament is incredibly and critically important to the New Testament, but not everything relates like we, all, like we think it relates. This morning, for example, Paul gave a, a great lesson as to what Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees, and they were coming from a, a Pharisaic point of view, and Jesus was explaining to them that, no, when you come from God's point of view, things are different. And if you didn't know that, you might be confused when you read what, what it is saying over there. So, so sometimes I think that we confuse, uh, for example, when it talks about, uh, in the Old Testament, about the temple, then we think it relates to, to our church building. Um, <clears throat> but in the Old Testament, the temple was made by human hands. In the New Testament, the temple is made by God. We are his temple. In the Old Testament, you went to the temple. In the New Testament, we are the temple. In the Old Testament, you had to go to the temple to get into the presence of God if you even got it then. In the New Testament, he lives in me. So sometimes when I hear people pray, they're just praying, this is a small group of people, and they pray, Lord! I'm thinking, I'm thinking that God is saying, hey, you don't have to be so loud. I'm right here. Okay? Now it's a big crowd, and you pray out loud like this, hey, fine, you, because you want the people to hear how you're praying. But if it's just a small group, you don't have to go too loud. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate your enthusiasm. But God is right here. So, but, <clears throat> so often though, we still confuse the Old Testament with the New Testament. And too often, we, in our, in our mind, we think that the church is this building. Um, now, this, this became a little bit clearer to me, not clearer as my understanding, but clearer as an example, when uh, there was a fire in the Notre Dame de Paris. You know what Notre Dame de Paris means? Huh? Our, Our Lady of Paris. So, there, the church is compared to a lady. Well, it's not that far-fetched because the church is the bride of Christ, so the church is a lady, but a lady that is us, not a structure. Um, So the Notre Dame de Paris is, it took almost two centuries to build. And yearly, there is about 13 million visitors, tourists, that visit the Notre Dame de Paris. These are visitors. These are people that are looking for sightseeings when they are in Paris. And one of the places that you go to when you're in Paris is Notre Dame de Paris and the Louvre, right, in Paris. Uh, these are some of the places that you, that you automatically go to because these are the famous places. Uh, so, 
though there is 13 million yearly visitors that are looking at the Notre Dame de Paris as a tourist place, yet it has only a few dozen worshippers a week. And if we are not careful, I'm not saying that this is the case, if we are not careful, the Notre Dame de Paris can become an idol for us, like all kinds of other things can become an idol, right? I mean, your car can become an idol. Your, your, your camera can become an idol. Uh, your wife can become an idol. Uh, not, not, not so to be. <clears throat> so, uh, with, with that introduction, let us go to 1 Peter 2.5. And then take a look over there, and then I'd like to uh, spend a little bit more time on, on, on expounding on this idea. So, the Notre Dame de Paris has basically become a museum. You know what a museum is? It's a place that shows how things used to be. How things used to be. And, my dear brothers and sisters, if we are not careful, if we are not careful with where we put our emphasis in the church, then churches become museum places to show how things used to be. Some of them evil even vanish from the face of the earth. So let us look over here, and we'll expound a little bit longer. Uh, uh, so we have here, ye also, that is speaking to us, are living stones. You are a living stone. If you have Christ within you, then you are a living stone. Otherwise, you're just a stone. Uh, Christ in you makes you a living stone, and he's talking to the brethren over here, those who are believers, as living stones are being built up a spiritual house. So the title of this portion is Physical House or Spiritual. And behind that in my notes, I have a question mark and an ex uh, exclamation mark. One, it is a question is this what the case is in your, in your case? Is Walden Road a spiritual house or a physical house? Uh, primarily. Obviously, there's a physical structure over here, so yeah, there's something about a physical structure. But is it a spiritual or a physical? And uh, that's, that's a question. Where are we? And then there's an exclamation mark that says, Be careful. A warning. You know, when there's a, 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 a warning, it comes with an exclamation mark. People want you, they, they are, they want you, they, they have a focus on it. They want your, your attention. That this is serious business. Pay attention to this. So, uh, spiritual house. A holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. I just want to focus in on this part over here. A spiritual house. <clears throat> So this house that Peter is talking about over here, what is it? The better question is, who is this house? It's us. We are this house. We are the living stones, the bricks, or whatever you want to call it, cinder blocks or whatever you want to call it, the bricks that he builds this spiritual house with, except you can't. You can't see it except for the house you can see it, except for knowing that we are that house. And we're bringing spiritual sacrifices to God acceptable through Jesus Christ. So this spiritual house then is what we are. But we are meeting in a physical house. What happens to most places is that there is more attention spent on the physical house than the spiritual house. And then ultimately, the same thing happens with so many places. And I've seen it. I'm a pastor, so, you know, my attention is drawn a certain way as a pastor. You, as a mother, maybe your attention is drawn in certain areas in the, in the grocery store. A mother 
looks for these things. A father looks for these things. A pastor, his, his attention is drawn because I see so many churches that, that it happens what happened with the Notre Dame de Paris. That it is a beautiful structure. If you ever have been there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And there are many structures like that in Europe. And many, if not most of them, have become museum places. I've shared this before, but I thought with the fire in the Notre Dame, I, I thought maybe I, sh- I shared a little bit about this also, because this is a constant danger, I believe, that churches are in, that they spend more attention to the physical house than the spiritual house. <clears throat> so, if we spend too much attention to the physical house, and it is nice to spend some attention to the physical house, because don't you like the pews that you get to sit on? Yeah. In Africa, sometimes I sit on a, on a, a stump of a, of a tree. <laughs> After a while, you can go like, <laughs> where is Walden Road? Um, yeah, it's nice. It's nice to have nice toilets so I don't have to just step out and go behind the tree. Oh, I've done that. <laughs> it's nice not to have my own toilet paper in my bag. I have a bag over here. Sorry, sister. When I go to Africa, I have a bag like this also. But there is toilet paper, a roll of toilet paper in there, and little wipes. Uh, and I, I like their food, but I have my own, how do you call it? That chewy, that chewy beef. <laughs> beef jerky, and I like the kind that, has the, that almost like steak. And I have to be so careful, because I eat a little bit of their food because you, wanna, you don't want to offend anybody. Then when I go to my room, I have to be so careful I don't eat too much of it because I want it to last, right? <laughs> I have my own breakfast bars. You know, I get tired of every morning eggs. I'm not an egg person in the first place. So, so there's no gripes. I'm just telling you how it is, right? So I like that we're taking care of, of the physical place. But it's not about the physical place, my dear brothers and sisters. Because if you don't take care of the spiritual house, the spiritual house vanishes. They are defeated. They, they, they go away for, a, for a, a better look, a better place, a better feeding, a better building. Uh, 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 not a building as it is, but a better building up where people build them up. I see it all over the place. Churches spending money that they don't have to build things that they don't need to impress people that are not there. Anyways, not yet. (laughs) They might never get there. (laughs) And then there is a spat in the church. Oh, I'm just trying to be gentle and nice. There is a a battle (laughs) or a fight. or (laughs) Can I say it a little bit softer? In the church, I have the people split. Oh, but the pastor, he convinced the people to take a loan to build all this stuff that they dreamed that there were people to come to. If you build it, they'll come. And now the church is stuck because they have this huge mortgage and they can't pay it. But the pastor has no problem because, you know, when the church has problems, He's gone. He sent us his resume to different other places. And he tells them over there, well, you know, I built this church back over there where he built a building. Can't pay for it, but he's gone now and the church is stuck. You know, I just want you to know, I'm not leaving till you tell me to leave. So, start walking like this, and you tell me to leave, (laughs) I'm good to go. 
I'm not leaving. Till God tells me to leave. Otherwise, I'm here. Through thick and thin. Through thick and thin. Some pastor asked me, hey, how long are you going to be at, at Walden Road? Oh, I've told you this already before. You have to tell me when I tell you this. Retell my stories. I said, I'm not, I'm not leaving. I love where I am. And I love the people that I get to minister to. And I love loving them. This is not difficult. This is nice. These people are easy to love. I have a great, great ministry, a great job. We call it a job if you want to. It is wonderful. But if we don't minister to your spiritual needs and just look to make nicer buildings and nicer everything, we are doing you a great disservice. But if we build you up and you become stronger and your marriage is more vibrant, guess what happens? Other people are noticing. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Huh. You, you and your husband, you're getting along so fine these days. My gosh, what happened? Well, I thought you'd never ask. I'm going to tell you the truth, and this is no, this is no braggadocia. I, I hate bragging, so I, 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 I'm not there. But I know of some people, yes, that want to come. And maybe only one of the two or part of the family wants to come and the other part not. And I tell them, wait on the Lord. Don't come here. I don't want your family to be divided. Stay till the Lord tells you otherwise. Because you see, in this place... I'm saying I, but, but it's not I. I'm just trying to identify this guy here. Uh, the, me, through the power of the Holy Spirit, it is my deepest desire not to build a church, but to build people. Ultimately, then, that is you, the, you're the church anyways. And so it is. We can ask ourselves the question, do you want to be a model or do you want to be a museum? Do you want to be a people? Or do you want to be a building? And my dear brothers and sisters, I'm voting for that we be a people of God. A people under the direction and instruction of God. As we yield ourselves to Him. If you're not yielded to Him, don't, don't you know... <laughs> Don't, don't worry. He, he, he will have to do some gymnastics to get your attention. And, and he knows how, very well how to do it. But if you're not yielding, let me put it, let me back out of that and just say, if you're yielding, you have a, 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 an advantage because he has now easy pottery to work with, easy clay to mold and to make into what he wants you to be. But if you're always resisting and always fighting and always rebelling, and not yielding and resting in him, you know, he, 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 he is a gentleman. And he doesn't interfere that much with, with your wishes. So let me tell you, sell out to Jesus, the master potter. He knows how to do it. He invented the whole thing. <laughs> and, you know, and when you go astray or when you feel broken... Yield yourself to him, and he'll fill those places, those gaps, with gold to make you that much more beautiful for everybody to see. And when everybody sees the gold, and the, the brokenness is not hidden any longer, and you don't have to hide the brokenness any longer, then what happens in the church the fellowship becomes a deeper fellowship. Does that make sense? Yes. If I'm just talking to you about the weather, there's, there's, there's hardly fellowship over there. There's only the fellowship of sitting at the same table. 
But when I get to share with you, and you get to share with me some deeper things, I'm not asking you to put it on the newspaper. I'm not asking you to put it on television or on the radio. There's certain people that you're going to share these things with. And then the fellowship grows, and the, the healing is faster. Because if I don't know your brokenness, if I don't know your needs, I don't even know how to pray for you. Let alone how to counsel you. But if we share these things, because we feel confident with one another. We feel confident that it's not going to be in the newspaper, not by your hands, but by the hands of the person that you just shared with. Because they are blabbering it all over the place. If there's somebody, keep it confidential, right? And that uh, you can share with, then a, a greater fellowship develops in the, in the body, in the spiritual house. And it brings more uh, rapid healing to the people because not only do they get to get it off their chest which is a step they get to share it with somebody else which is a step now that somebody else knows how to pray which is a step the other person might be able to find some books some material or the other person may be a counselor himself or herself and then they counsel you and that is another step now there's already a few steps made and you're healing And you find yourself that healing takes place more rapidly in your emotional state and especially in your spiritual state. Which, dear brothers and sisters, is the name of the game. So, let us work together. What is the church? The church is a group of baptized believers, flawed as we are, that grows together in the love of Christ. And, And it is key that we understand that, that we grow together in the love of Christ. Together. Together. This cannot happen by yourself. God has designed the church that we are there for each other. The gifts that you have is for the whole body. The gifts that you have are for, is for the well-being of the whole, including you, because you're part of the whole. But it's not just for you. It is so the body can do better. It is about the body. And together, brothers and sisters, together, this thing will happen that we grow in the love of Christ because ultimately our biggest, our biggest dream, our biggest wish, our biggest goal should be that we love like Christ loves. Bottom line. That we love like Christ loves. Oh, but so-and-so talks loud. Okay. <laughs> You don't tell me anything I don't know, baby. (laughs) Oh, but this person talks out of turn. Oh, really? You don't tell me anything that I don't know. But pastor, you should talk to him or her. Yeah, I will talk to him or her in due time. But for the time being, what I want is that we learn to love that person better. Stop criticizing. Just love that person, sister, right? Just love that person. That's what we are called to do. Jesus didn't say that they're going to be your model-like person. (laughs) Because what he wants us to do is that we grow in our love. So he he gives us some opportunity and puts some difficult people there to love so that we can grow in our love. And we only want to be here because he doesn't give us the stretch of loving more (laughs) <laughs> I love like Jesus love. No, no. He, he, gives us, he, he gives us training. He gives us opportunity. Even with your own spouse. Is he or she always a model spouse? Oh, but you see, at the church, you had some training. <laughs> at the church, you had some training. How to love people more. So when my spouse 
No, you know, her, her flaw shows up or I'm married to her, but I mean, if it was a her, then it was his flaw shows up. When the flaws show up, I don't get upset anymore. I'm just laughing at the opportunity that God gives me. Huh? No, no, no don't laugh out loud. No, I'll give you give one of these, you know. But I hope that she laughs also when my flaws show up. And by the way, I'm more flawed than she is. But we're all flawed. Nobody's perfect. But the key that God has for the church is that we grow in love. That we grow in love. Everybody. Everybody. And yeah, I understand that some are more difficult to love than others. Hey, that's part of the game. That's how it works here on earth. In heaven, you don't have to worry about it. They're all perfect in heaven. Woo! I love you. Yeah, of course. Your love is perfect. The person is perfect. Everything is perfect. But here on earth, it's not that way. And here on earth, God wants us to have a little bit of heaven. Or you can say a lot of heaven. We can argue about that. You win the argument. Uh, a lot of heaven. And here on earth. And that's the way it happens. Not by building a bigger church. I have nothing against bigger churches. As long as we have bigger people. People that are growing in the love of Christ. I better, I better stop. Otherwise I might wear out my welcome. What time is it? I haven't even looked at the clock. It's, it's time to stop. Let us stand.